I am Sarah Jane Case, and this is Enneagram and Coffee. Hi friends, happy Wednesday. I hope your day is treating you well. Today I am answering your questions called into the podcast phone number, but first today's rosebud and thorn. My rose today is that we had a new coffee shop open in town and it's really good and it's within walking distance to my office and that's all I've ever needed. My thorn is that my darling husband and I are really trying hard to carve out one day this semester (laughs) where we can just be carefree together. That's honestly just like not really the season that we're in right now. We're just He's very busy, I'm very busy, and it's pretty tricky, but my bud is that our anniversary weekend is coming up, and we're hoping that we can make it happen this weekend. Fingers crossed, y'all. Fingers crossed. All right, today we're answering your questions. We're going to jump right into the first voicemail that came in. Hi, SJ. This is Erin. I am an Enneagram 1, and I have quite a few Enneagram 2 friends, and I've realized that almost all of them identify as a wing 3 instead of a wing 1, and I'm just curious if there's anything about the type 2 structure or anything that you've noticed about 2s that would make them lean towards the 3 rather than the 1. As a 1, when I was typing myself, I thought I was a 3 for a while, so I see a ton of, like, corollary between the type three and the type one structures. And I'm just curious why all of my two friends don't want to be like me and choose to be a three. I was just wondering if you had any thoughts about that. Thanks. Bye. So my first question for you is, what if it wasn't about you? And one of my favorite books, The Four Agreements, kind of talks about this like, practice of not taking anything personally just kind of when when things happen or even when someone's mean to you just kind of assuming it's not about you it's not about you at all it's really just about their relationship to themselves their relationship to the world things they've experienced how they identify themselves and it probably doesn't really have much to do with you at all and I think that's a very freeing idea the idea that simply What story would I tell myself about this if I knew for certain this had nothing to do with me? Second is I can kind of hear the type one structure here, like the idea of like, what am I doing wrong? I want to give you the invitation to ask yourself to just kind of pour love into that space instead of holding on to the idea that there's something that you could do to improve yourself so that this wouldn't be the case. What if this is a neutral thing that has nothing to do with you and therefore you've done nothing wrong and there's nothing to fix here? And then I think when it comes to the difference between two wing three and two wing one, it's simply the two wing three is more like image focused, hospitable. They're kind of combining two image focused types. Twos want to be seen as helpful and threes want to be seen as successful. So you're kind of combining those two things together. Whereas the two wing one is more activist like and self assured. So they're going to take in some of the qualities from type one, potentially be a little bit more like reforming of the world, helpful in terms of the greater good. In fact, their focus of attention is going to be more in that direction. Now, to kind of sum up my answer here is. 
I don't think your friends don't want to be like you. I think they're just trying, like all of us, to find the language that helps them to feel the most seen. And so in your relationship to them, it can be beneficial instead to think, what are they trying to show me about themselves through the way that they see themselves in the Enneagram? I think that's a more valuable question, a more connective question. And ultimately, I think it's just one of those situations where there's nothing to fix. This isn't about you. And if you, you know, to love them in this moment, you can ask, what is it that they want me to know about them as a two wing three versus a two wing one? All right, let's get into our next question. Hi, Sarah Jane. My name is Kylie. I'm such a huge fan of your podcast. I look forward to listening every day. I had a question. I'm curious if you can be two Enneagram types at once. I don't think that you can, but I'm so torn between if I'm a two or a four. A lot of the times I really resonate with more things with type four, but then when I read the core fears and values of type two, I really relate to that. So yeah, I'm just kind of curious. I've taken a lot of different tests and been typed both ways. So I'm just curious, yeah, if you can be two types at once or if you're in between how to pick which type you are. Thank you so much. Hope you're having a great day. Hi, Kylie. Thank you so much for calling in. It's nice to hear your voice. So as you kind of imagined, you can't be two types, although you do connect to other types on the Enneagram. You have two wings, you have two numbers that you go to in stress and in rest, and one of which being two and four. So twos, when they feel safe and rested, can look like a four, and fours who are stressed out can look like a two. So there is a natural connection there. But I always say go with the one whose core motivations and fears you relate to because that's like the point. It's really about like who you've thought you had to be your whole life. And then the behavioral stuff, it's easily explainable in other ways via the Enneagram. So for you, it could be the line from two to four, you know, that kind of like when you're feeling rested, when you feel safe, some of those behaviors of four show up. It could also be that you are a self-preservation too, which can look like a type four or a six in behavior at times. So self-preservation twos are the more childlike of the twos. We say that it's like the least helpful two, not that the self-preservation two doesn't feel the need to be helpful, but they're more so focused on being loved for who they are versus what they do. And they've kind of got like the energy of the youngest child, not saying that you have to be the youngest child to be a self-preservation two, but more so that kind of energy of like, everybody should love me, everybody should take care of me, like look out for me. That's kind of that self-pressed to energy, but they can do a lot of the push-pulling that fours do. They kind of don't really trust people, but they wanna be in deep relationship to people, so there's a lot of push-pull there. And they wanna be taken care of. They're looking for someone to come in and take care of them and fours tend to look for a rescuer. And so there's some similarities there between the self-pressed two and the four. But again, it goes back to that core motivation, that basic fear. It's why we're doing what we're doing more than it is what we're doing. And so if it's behavioral that's got you kind of confused, there's a lot of explanation, in my opinion, about why four and two could look like why you might have the behaviors of both of those. It makes complete sense. All right, friends, if you have Enneagram questions or life questions or any questions at all, you can call them into 828-338-9127. And as always, it's an absolute joy to create this content for you. And I will see you tomorrow for the next episode.